0: Thank you so much, God. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here today. Oh, just take a moment and just praise Him. Thank you, Jesus. God, we bless you, Lord. We love you, God. We thank you for your presence, God. We thank you, God, for your hope. We thank you for restoration, God. We thank you for peace. We thank you, God, Lord Jesus, that we don't have to have any fear, God, but we can just trust you, God, with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding, and you will guide us and direct us in all our ways, Lord. Holy Spirit, we bless you today. God, you are so good. God, you are so good. We thank you, Father. There's just something special, God. about being in your presence with other members of the family of God. Thank you so much, God, for the ability to watch online, God, for those who can't be here because of sickness and immune problems and stuff. But God, thank you so much for, for our house today, God, that people have come to your house today to worship together in one mind and one accord. Thank you, Father. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Amen, amen. It's so good to see so many people in the house today. It's so awesome to see you. It's, ti- it's time, I think I put it on Facebook or on text. It's time for the, for the house of God to come back together. It's time for us to be back together. If, you're, if you are if you got a situation where you're sick, you can't come. We've had, we had a lot of people who had surgeries and stuff like that. But other than that, we go everywhere else, and if we can go everywhere else, we can come through the house of God. And it comes down to us just being lazy, don't it? Getting used to not coming, right? But, man, together, Lord, the, the Word says we, one will put a 1,000 to flight, two will put 10,000 to flight. And, and, I, and I take responsibility for a little bit of it because we were, we were getting back up, and we were getting back to about half capacity almost, and, and then I went on vacation, and then I caught COVID for three weeks. And, and so I take responsibility for us not being able to be together, and next time I'm going to do some things to try to change that, to make that better for you. But you know what? We're here today, and we're here in one mind and one accord, and we're here to worship Jesus, amen? Is anybody excited about being in the house of God today? Does anybody feel the presence of God like I do? I've got a word for you today. I've got a word for you today, and I had a word last week. I had that word. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch it. It's called Alignment Issues. I feel like that was a word, a rhema word. I feel like that was straight from God. I feel like it was a word that God gave me. It wasn't just something that I pulled from here or looked there or did whatever or or just thought about or, or or pulled back from one of my older messages. It's something that God spoke to my heart for you. I'm so excited today to have Don Weber back with us. He, he's come back from um, Nairobi, Kenya, um, and he's going to leave tomorrow and go back again, and, and it's going to work out to where that's per, pretty much going to be his permanent home. He's going to pretty much move there and, and be there. He is so invested in that. He, he, he runs the women's empowerment program there and to help women to get jobs and, 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 ha- and have skills and, and, and labor and stuff, and he, run, he, he helps a lot with the children's orphanage there. Um, we had we, our church, Kingdom Impact, has given some money to him um, the last time he, he was down, and um, we blessed him to help some, some, some ministries down there, and he said with the money that we gave him he was able to buy 30 chickens for, um, to, for the Women's women's Empowerment Program, and he was able to help with the, the, uh, the bills and electricity and all that kind of stuff for like two months to help them with what we gave and bless them, so praise God that we are helping people in Nairobi, Kenya and thank you, Don, for, for, your, for your help and, and, and your, your, your uh, work over there. And we're just praying for you and look forward to when you're able to come back and be with us and, and, uh, and all that. And we want to continue to bless him. And, and if, you, if you want to give, you can put on the tithe envelope. Just put you know, Kenya at the bottom, and we'll know what to do with that. But, um, but we want to talk to you today. I want to talk to you about—it's kind, of, kind of weird. I'm sure I'll get a lot of thought provokes about our, my title— um, healthy hate and unhealthy love. You would think that maybe that we, there is no such thing as a unhealthy love, but there there is. Is there? We got a title there for that. There. Um, I want to talk to you from 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 John, from First John chapter two, verses twelve through seventeen, in the New Living Translation. It says, "Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you." For the world offers only cravings for physical pleasure, a craving for everything that we see, and a pride in our achievements and possessions. There is not. This is not from the Father, but from the world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will um, live forever. Amen, amen, amen. That's 1 John 2, 15 through 17. We cannot get caught up in the fairies of this world. Matter of fact, next, last week I, I quoted a scripture in, in Colossians 3 and 2. It said, set your minds on things above, not on earth, um, not on things of this earth. The, the problem is with COVID, with COVID, with the political and the media and the race, all this stuff that's been happening in the past year has gotten our mind off of things of heaven and gotten our mind on things of earth. It's, it's shifted our mind. It's got us out of alignment, as I talked about last week. And it's got our mind on things, in this earth. And we need to refocus and get our mind back on things above. See how, how, you know, people wash their hands all the time. And you might say, well, why do you wash your hands all the time? Well, we love health, but we hate germs. So, right, see, see that's a healthy love, right? And a healthy hate. A husband loves his wife, but he, ha- he would have hatred towards anything that would harm her. Romans 12 and 9 says, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, not just hate, but abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. So you see where I'm coming at with unhealthy love love and a healthy hate? That there are things that we are to hate in this world and it's the things of this world. And then also, we are, there's some things that we are supposed to to love, and that's we're not supposed to love, and we're not supposed to love of this world, but we're supposed to love the things of God. John reminded us in First John um, that 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 if we walk, if we do not walk in the light of the world, that the love of the Father's not in us, and we're supposed to hate. And you cannot love uh, the light and hate your fellow believer. You can't love God and hate somebody. You can't. That, that's that's antithetical. It can't work. 1 John 2 15 says do not love the world nor the things that it offers you for when you love the world the love of the father is not in you so I want to talk to you about three reasons why we should not love this world number one because of what the world is we shouldn't love the world because for what the world is you see see there's three definitions to the, the world and I want to share them with you today so we can understand what the scripture means love not the world is it saying not to love the earth no because see one of the definitions is the physical earth the physical earth is the world right we're not suppo- it's not saying don't love the earth we're supposed to love the earth we're supposed to, to make the earth beautiful and care about the earth right so we're supposed to take care of that matter of fact Acts 17 and 24 God made the world. Our planet, earth, and all things therein. So it's good. If God made the earth, we're supposed to love the earth. The is not talking about that. The second type of, of world that I want to tell you that, that it's not talking about is mankind. For God so loved the world. It's not saying God, for God so loved planet earth. It's saying for God so loved mankind, humankind, that, 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 this human world. It says um, in John 1 and 10, he was in the world, earth. And the world, earth, was made by him, and the world knew him not, and the world, mankind, knew him not. So you see, there's a physical earth, and then the, the, the world, and then there is a mankind or womankind earth. But the warning, "Love not the world," is not talking about the nature of man or the nature of earth, because he gives us his earth, and it says he, he giveth us richly. Rich, he giveth us, us us richly to tongue-tie. Her of all things to enjoy it says in 1st Timothy 6. The third the third set the world that we're going to talk about today and the one that I want to tell you that the scripture is talking about to love not the world is the sin system of this world. Love not the world or things in the world so it's talking about love not the sin system of this world. See, we, the thing is, is we have, we have the world of sports, for instance. You know, the world of sports is not talking about football or basketball. It's talking about the whole the system of sports. And that's what, I, what we're here to address today. The world in the Bible is Satan's system for opposing God, things of God, and things of Christ. It's the opposite of being godly and holy and spiritual. When you love this world, you are not of God. That's why it says love not the word. Satan, Jesus calls Satan the prince of this world. He's not saying he's a prince of this physical earth. He's not the prince of mankind. He's a prince of this sin system that is here. The, the, the devil has an organization of evil spirits that run this sin system. Just as God uses man to accomplish his, 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 his uh, works, the enemy uses man to accomplish his works. See, Jesus was here on this earth, and people did, according to First John um, 3 and, and 1, it said that people didn't understand. He was here on this earth, but people didn't understand what he was talking about. Why? Because they understood the sin system. They understood the law. They didn't understand the spiritual system. They didn't understand the kingdom of heaven. They didn't understand that God was talking about the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of this earth. John 15, 18 says, If we were of the world, Satan's system, the world would would love his own. But because we are not of this world and of the kingdom of God, you know, it says, but I have chosen you out of this world, therefore the world hateth you. See, the world hates us because we are not of this world. We are of the kingdom of God. See, this world is not a natural habitat for believers. See, we get so used to this world and we feel like we're a part of it. But this is not a natural habitat. If you're a scuba diver, you're in the water all the time. But you are, as a scuba diver, our bodies is not designed to be in or under the water for a long periods of time. So what does he have to He has to have special equipment to help him navigate being a scuba diver. As Christians, we need special equipment and things to help us navigate living and breathing on this earth. We need the breath of God to help us breathe. We need the Bible. We need prayer. We need Holy Spirit. We need Jesus. These are the special equipment that we need to help us be effective to, to be here. Because without those things, what would happen? We would all pass away, right? The believer is, is somewhat like that scuba diver. If it was not for the Holy Spirit living within us, we would not be able to handle it. You know, we talk about this earth pollution. There's a lot of of talk about the Green New Deal and carbon and emissions and all this this pollution. We talk about that, but how many people talk about the spiritual pollution that's in this world? The false prophets and the false false wisdom and and the things that are being put out there in this, this spiritual world that is not of God. God does not want us to love the world because of what the world is. The second thing is, God does not want us to love the world because of what the world does to us. Part of that scripture if anyone loved the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It pulls us away from Father's love, it pulls us away from God. It makes us worldly. Worldliness is not so much of of an attitude, worldliness is really more of a heart issue. You know, to the extent that the Christian loves the world, it means that he does not love God. And we can understand that that this that worldliness is not about how long your sleeves are and how long your dress is, and you wear no makeup. That's not being world worldly is a heart issue. That you're of this world, that you have committed to being a part of this world, and you have put put down your your Christian thought process and you're the kingdom of God and sort of picking up the world and tampering and, and toying and playing with things of this earth God says if you love me keep my commandments and when we don't keep God's commandments we start losing our love for God anything that causes a Christian to begin to lose his love for God his love for the Bible His love to to, to pray, his love to come worship together, his love for church is of this world. It pulls us away, and things of this world pulls us away from the church. It pulls us away from God. It pulls us away from coming together. It pulls us away from these things. See, there's some things in this world that we know that's wrong. To lie, to steal, to murder. We know, hey, everybody, everybody, Christian, non-Christian, we all believe, especially we know that's wrong, Right? But the thing is, it's not so clear sometimes. There's things in the Bible, we'll talk a little bit more about it later, that's not that, 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 that is wrong, but it's not so clear. And we have to have self-examination and look at ourselves and say, this thing that I'm doing, this thing that I'm a part of, is this pulling me away from God? Is it pulling me away from God's kingdom? Is it pulling me away from the people of God? Is it pulling me away from reading and praying and fellowship? Is it pulling me away from going to church? Is it pulling me away from, from what is good that I'm supposed to be at? The third reason why God does not want us to love the world is because of where the world is going. John two seventeen says this world is going to pass away. Why would you want to be a part of something that's not going to last? It's going to pass away. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> this world is going to pass away. This world is not per- permanent. One day this system will be gone. And the, and the pleasant attractions of the flesh and all the things that give our flesh pleasure is going to be gone. There's going to be nothing left of it. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Old things will be passed away, and all things will become new. That's why we do not need to be loose. We need, we need to stay loosely attached to this world and stay closely attached to the kingdom of God. Hebrews 11:13 13, it says it said that we're strangers and pilgrims to this world. We're aliens to this world. Remember that old that old gospel song? I'm in this world, not of this world. I'm just passing through. Remember that, Jake? Yeah, you know, so that, 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 that I'm, I'm, I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. Heaven is my home, and I want to go there. That's where I'm striving for. You can't hold a part. You can't hold heaven and, and this earth at the same time. you got to let loose of one of them. It just doesn't work. In the Bible times, God a lot of times had people um, pitch their tents. And they wanted to pitch their tents. Why? Because God was speaking when they spoke. Remember last week I talked about you don't move unless, they didn't move unless the cloud moves. And we got to get to our place to where the cloud moves, we move. If the cloud doesn't move, we don't move. Same way they would would pitch their tents and they they would live in tents because if God said go, they were ready to go. But we get settled down. In this world, and not not ready to go when God says go. I want to close with three devices that trap the Christian. Three devices that trap the Christian. John points out about the, this system in this scripture. First John two sixteen in the New Trans, in the New King James Version. It says, "For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it is not of the Father, but of this world." I like how the, the New Living Translation says it. It says, "For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for things that we see, and the pride in our achievements and our possessions." There is not. This is not from the Father. This is from the world. Wow. Let, let's. I'm, I want to go there right now, but I got I got I a little process I got to get through to get there. The, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes. Do you understand that in Genesis chapter 3, Satan began with that with, with Eve? It says, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for her food, flesh, that it would feed her, that it would taste good, it, say, it says, and that it was pleasant to her eyes. Because the first is lust of the flesh. She saw that it was pleasant for food, that I could eat it in my flesh body. It was pleasant to her eyes, lust of the eyes. And it was the desire to make her wise, the pride of life. She took and ate of the fruit. All three things all at one time. Bam. All of them got her. Ate her up. Yeah. It wasn't just one thing. To see, Satan, when Satan came at her, he came all out, man. Fully, looked. fully looked. He didn't just say, hey, how about this? Look how beautiful this is. Look at it. Hey, I can make you white. No, no, no. Bam, all at one time. And she fell for it. And her husband stood right beside her and let her fall for it. Number one. The lust of the flesh is anything that appeals to our fallen fleshly nature. It is not talking about our body. This, this is called flesh, but it's not talking about that. It's talking about our old nature. We were born into sin, right? Flesh is a nature that we receive when we're physically, when we're physically born. When we're born into sin. We have a sin nature. That's why it's so important to um, to. Dedicate your children to the Lord until the ages of accountability for that protection. Because we're born into sin. Okay. Um, And then once we get saved, we are born into our spiritual nature. Our new man. Our new new man takes over, right? The second birth. Um, And then we become partakers of the divine nature, as the scripture says. A Christian has both the old nature and the new nature constantly battling Every day in our life, that's why we fall, that's why we sin, because our, we we yield to our old nature and we start falling towards the, the being a partaker of this world, and then we repent, and we come back and into our new man. It's just a struggle every day. That's why that's why all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, because we all sin, because we all struggle with that. But the struggle is real. But the the struggle should not it should be way outweighed it should that struggle should not be equal we should live as Christians enough that we are close to God and we pray and seek his face and we're in our prayer that yes we fall off but more that, but when we fall off it's not as much as we stay on amen God has given us certain desires that are good okay hunger good thirst good you know even weariness seems seems good at times sex is good okay just in themselves it's good right but the thing what happens is is the enemy comes in our sinful nature and takes those things that are good when it we when i say weariness i mean sleep sleep's good it it takes it takes it brings us here and it takes what is good and there's nothing wrong with it and the enemy perverts it the world perverts what is good Okay? Now let me tell you what, right now. Well, Pastor Doug, when, you th- when we talk about lust, which, you know, you, everybody goes straight to sex and porn. Okay? Absolutely. That is bad. That is lust, right? And we'll talk about what kind of lust that is in a minute. But the thing is, is for instance, hunger. Hunger is not evil, but gluttony is. Okay? Thirst is not evil, but drunkenness is. Sleep is not evil. I a matter of fact, I, I, I didn't sleep well last night just Thinking about today, and, and I'm gonna go home and go get some sleep. Right, so sleep is good, but laziness and slothfulness is a sin. Sex is good, wonderful whenever you it's, it's in the right confounds and you're married, and it's supposed to it brings you closer together and closer to God, and it's designed to be wonderful and exciting whenever it's in the right confounds. But outside of marriage, it becomes immorality. And see, the thing is, is 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 the enemy, of the world takes. Desires that we already have, and he exploits them. Right. See, he don't he ain't even coming, Satan's so dumb. He don't even come up with something new. Or maybe he's so smart. He's he don't even come up with something new. He takes something that's already there and perverts it and makes us want to yield to it. Right? Lust. See, lust is an uncontrolled, unbridled desire. Whatever you have with that for. I could, have an un- I could lust after this bottle of water I, because I could have an uncontrolled, un- unbridled desire for that water. Does that make sense? But we always think that lust is just sex. No, lust is a lot of stuff. That's, we're talking about lust of the flesh right now, right? You can see how this world operates. It appeals to our normal appetites and tempts us to satisfy them with forbidden ways. Just like in the Garden of Eden with Eve. There's nothing wrong with her eating from any of the trees. And the whole entire garden. So he's saying, oh, he said you could eat. So why don't you eat from this tree? The world tree. So, so she's like, well, he did say I could eat, you know. So the thing is, is that he, he takes it and, and, and perverts it. If a Christian yields to his flesh, he gets involved in the works of the flesh, according to Galatians 5. See, Romans, Romans 7 says in our flesh, is, it says our flesh is negative and our flesh is no good thing. John 6 says that our flesh profits nothing. Philippians 3 says put no confidence in your flesh. Romans 13 says you should make no provision for your flesh. Our flesh, our sinful nature, our old man, our old woman. Okay, Um, And a person who lives in their flesh is living a very negative life. The lust of the flesh. The second thing that, that is a vice that the enemy uses is the lust of the eyes. Did you know your eyes can have an appetite? And you may think you may think not, but let me tell you this right here. Have you ever heard anybody say, feast your eyes on this? See, it's subtle, ain't it? But what that is, it's pleasure for your eyes. It's a craving. Your flesh appeals, the lust of the eyes. Um, appeals to the lower appetites of your old nature it it operates and gratifies your eyes it gratifies your intellectual pleasures and you're looking at something and you look at it and, and you, you want it it's like it's like you, you may look at a smorgasbord of food and you, you ever walked in there and saw food and you're like oh my gosh you know look at all that bacon you know you know and you lust after that that's wrong Alright? You know, you know maybe, maybe it's a car. You have a car and somebody, you see a car drive by and your eyes just lust after it. Maybe it's a house. You know, maybe it's a woman. Maybe it's a man. You know, the Generation Z, they have a visual thing with their eyes that they talk, they, they always, this is how they, they don't call it lust. They say, that's so satisfying. Right? They watch, they love to watch things being cut you know and slice and how it cut co- and they're like oh that's so sad it's, that's lust of the eyes right but so, so the thing is is lust of the flesh appeals to our lower appetites of our nature but the lust of our eyes operates in a more refined way it, the pleasures that, gratis, that gratify us through our look we can look at something and be gratified and be gratified by just looking at it and wanting it matter of fact back in the days uh, of John, the apostle John the Greeks and Romans loved it they, they loved entertainments and activities that, that helped and gratified their eyes they watched gladiators get in a ring and fight to the death and they loved watching it it gratified them it was an appetite for them to watch they come in there screaming and yelling yeah, yeah, you know just and they, they start screaming and getting this tizzy yeah, go, go, kid, watch bloodshed but the thing is, is we, you know, we we would never do that. Well, we watch TV, don't we? It's full of violence. It's, it's, it's full of violence and sex, drugs, vulgarity, all this kind of stuff. And it gratifies our eyes. We look at it and our eyes go to the television and it gratifies our eyes. I'm not saying everything on television is lust of the eyes. I'm just saying you gotta be careful. You gotta be sensitive to the spirit. And, and and go back to what I saw a while ago. God is 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 what I'm watching. Is what I'm doing. Is what I'm a part of. Is it, is it pulling me away from my love for you? Achan, in Joshua chapter seven verse twenty one is a great example of this. When I was a teenager, I did a, a I might I don't know I doubt I'll do it anyway, but but I, what I did was I had a tent on stage, and I went. You, you probably might have done it to yourself. I went I went I would go into the tent and dress up as something and come out like this is what I have I, I had hidden in the tent. Because what happened was, God told called, told told uh, Joshua and everybody to go take Jericho and don't take not one spoil. don't take nothing. You just destroy the city and leave. And Achan went and he saw some 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 gold and some beautiful clothes, and he hid it up under the tent. Thus, my youth pastor days, I hid stuff in the tent and I would come out talking about whatever I hid, you know. So the thing is, is, is that he hit it, and let me take, let me read the scripture to you, okay? Verse twenty-one: When I saw among the spoils, when I lusted with my eyes, the spoils of a goodly Babylon, Babylonian garment, two hundred shekels of silver, and then I covet, um, the, the garment and two hundred shekels. Then I coveted them, and I took them. And see, the lust of the eyes led to sin, and, and it, less, it led to the defeat of the whole army because one of the leaders was involved in the lust of the eyes. You know, that, matter of fact, what did he say he did? He coveted, right? That's one, isn't that one of the Ten Commandments about coveting your, your, your wife and coveting things that your neighbor has? See, the thing, but how did they get to that covet? It wasn't that I just wanted it. They saw something. That he, he saw it, and it was money. And, and it was it, it was it was closed he saw it he coveted it and wanted it see we think that coveting and we think that that that, that kind of stuff is just if we if we if, if we just do it but the thing is is that you can look at it and want it so bad that's why the bible says if you even look upon a woman with lust you've already committed it in your heart why it's not the it's not the, the thought it's not the that that, that you see someone that's pretty and that you have a thought in your mind, it's whenever you lust after it that it gets into your heart that if you could, you would. That's when it's lust. That if I had the opportunity, then if the opportunity came up, I would. So you're already committed in your heart that you would. That's what happened with him. He had the thought. There was nothing wrong with him seeing it. I like that. I I love that. That would be great if I had that. But it, it dropped down into his heart and if I could, I would. And then he realized, you know what? I should. <laughs> so then he went after it. And he hit it. Tried to come back later on. <clears throat> but you can't fool God. The eyes are a gateway to the soul. The eyes are a gateway to our mind. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> this COVID is crazy. I'll, I'll, I'll cough, cough, cough. And then, then I'll stop for a day or two. And then I'll cough again. Then I'll call it. Just, it's, just, it's just crazy how what it affects to your body. So. But the thing is, is the third device. Lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. And then the last one is a bride, the boastful pride of life. Maybe, you know, and this one probably affects more Christians than anything. It, it is vain glory. It is arrogance. Puffed up. Self edifying self promoting I am better than you I go to this church I'm a Christian I read my Bible I pray I got money God has blessed me I'm all that and a bag of chips I am I am I am rather than he is he's the one who should say that matter of fact Proverbs 16 18 pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall that, that scripture is often misquoted pride comes before a fall, that's not what it says it says pride goes before destruction people think pride's, don't, pride's not that bad you just fall, no, 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 it says destruction a haughty spirit comes with a fall see God's glory is rich and full this world's glory is vain and empty the Greek word for pride there is, is, is really about a braggart, or a braggart trying to impress someone with his importance. See, don't we do that? We try to outspend somebody, outdo somebody, and somebody else is doing better than us. We'll put it on a credit card so we can keep up with the Kardashians. You know? And so we we'll do what we can so we can keep up with everybody and, and we try to get better. Well look what I got. Look here, let me tell you about this right here. Well, I, you know, what? oh, you think that's bad, let me tell you about my story. You think you got a lot of good stuff, let me tell you about the good things in my life. You see that, the arrogance, the pridefulness there? Most of us, you know, realize that, that, that there's a lot of people that do a lot of stupid things to try to impress somebody. Have you ever noticed that? Especially when you were a kid. Do you remember, especially as guys, do you remember the stupid things that we would do to try to impress a girl? Huh? It's stupid, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. I hear you, Sammy. Sammy's slapping himself. You know. But, but you know what? It may be a, bit, a little bit more refined now, but we do, still do stupid things to impress people. The sad thing is, is we do stupid things to try to impress God. And he's not impressed by our little stupid tricks. He is impressed with realness, with vulnerability, with, with weakness, showing our weakness to him, that he can be strong. See, the, the world appears appeals to a Christian through the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And once that takes over, it goes into these areas of our life, we start losing our enjoyment of the Father as I said a while I go. So here, here real quickly, here's what happens, and I'll be done. That, that First off, no Christian becomes part of the world all of a sudden. It's like that Jeremy Camp song, it's a slow fade. First off, we become a friend to the world, James 4 and 4 says. Because we should be adhering to 1 John 3, 3 13, it says, Marvel not, my brethren, that the world hates you. So the world hates us when we're in Christ. But once we start to become a friend of the world, they don't hate us so bad. Next, after you become a friend of the world, then you become spotted in the world. You become marked by the world. You ever looked at somebody that was a Christian that you really trusted and really believed in, and you were around them, and you're like, something ain't right with you right now. You ever felt that in your spirit? They're marked. Something, there's something they're, you can tell they're spotted. Something's different about them. You know, it leaves a dirty mark on us. And then we start adapting to the world. And now all of a sudden, the world starts loving us more and more. And then what happens is we we become conformed to the world. But Romans says, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, all these scriptures are designed, and we we read them in one context, but it's designed to help us stay out of the world. Don't be conformed. You're you're, you're getting there. Don't be conformed. Be transformed so then you become conformed to the world and you start acting like the world start looking like the world and then all of a sudden you are condemned to the world according to 1 Corinthians 11 but if a believer confesses his sin God will take him back and forgive him but if he doesn't he will face judgment see this downward steps I'm going to end with this little story here and it's all about Lot here in in this story it shows that downward spiral Lot in Genesis chapter 13 and 14 it says, first off, Abram looked at Lot and said, "Okay, buddy, we got to separate. We ain't doing good. We got to go to our different ways. Which which side do you want? Over here is sticks and sand and desert. Over here is plush green." And it said, it, Lot said, it said that Lot looked, looked at it, and saw. Right? He saw that, and he saw it was look. It looked good. It looked good over here. See, but we, find, we find in the end that just because it looks better over there, it's more plush, it's more green, there's a lot of people, over, just because it looks good, everything that's swollen does not mean it's healthy. Okay? And so we look at stuff, and it looks good, it looks better, it looks, it looks like that would be the place that I need to go rather than over here. But instead of talking to God, I say, God, where do you want me at? See the, so then it says after that, then it says he pitched his tent towards Sodom. He got his tent. And he kind of all of a sudden he started going that way and pitched his tent. Okay, maybe I will, maybe I won't. He pitched his tent over there. Then he moved to Sodom. And then Sodom was captured by the enemy. So Lot was captured too, because he was in the world. And then God destroyed Sodom, and then everything, everything that, that Lot had went up and spoke. But God helped him because of the prayers of, of Abram and God saying, "Take care of him and stuff." It says in 2 Peter two seven and eight. But God rescued Lot out of Sodom. He rescued him, and whenever Lot God he rescued him, the angel came to get him, and he didn't resist the 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 the, the pulling and 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 the the leading and the guiding of, of, of God. And it says, and Sodom he led him out of Sodom because he was a righteous man, and he got sick of the same the shameful, immoral, and wicked people around him. Yes, Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness that he saw day after day. So the thing is, as you get there, you get so far, and you get to the place where you've got to make a choice. There's a lot of people today in this world, a lot of Christians, they're at this place and they've got to make a choice. I see all this wickedness around me. Am I going to stay a part of it? Or am I going to be led out by Christ into the holy place? Am I going to be a part of this world, or am I going, going to understand that I'm just a pilgrim, and an alien, and a foreigner? This, the, the kingdom of God is what I'm for. And God's kingdom can be right here on this earth for us, in, in, in our kingdom, a temporary kingdom, until our heavenly kingdom is, 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 is completed. So the thing is, is we've got to make decisions today. And I say this, and, and, and I know I'm speaking to the choir probably, to everyone in here, but the thing is, we've got to be aware of the tricks and the traps of the enemy. I've got to teach you these things to let you understand, so when they come, you can say, oh, that's a trap. I pray that you, I, I say the. I teach you these things, and, and, and kind of teach sometimes instead of preaching so much, because the thing is, is I don't want you to get in a trap and say, Pastor Doug, I want you to say, hey, Pastor Doug, I see a trap, I ain't falling for it. Now, if you fall into a trap, I'm there for you. Don't get me wrong. And I'll help you get out the trap the best I can with God's help. But I want us to be able to walk around looking for traps of the enemy. Looking at this world as, hey, I'm a foreigner. I'm not really from here, guys, so I'm, I'm not being a part. I'm not going to be a part of that. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. No lust of the eyes, the no lust of the flesh. Matter of fact, there was a scripture that went with the eye. I think I don't think I, I read when it said it about the lust of the eyes. It was really good. And I don't, I don't want to miss out on it. God just brought it back to my mind see if I can find it here real quick. Here it is, Psalms 119. David said, turn away my eyes from looking at vanity. Turn my eyes away from looking at vanity. Quit looking at things and letting it please you. Start looking at the Word of God. Start looking at things through, through your God goggles. So when you see things, you're looking at them through the lens of the blood of Christ. So you can see what God has for you. And that you can see that trap. And you can see that I'm not going to fall for these things. And then when you see yourself self starting to fall into your old sinful nature, say, oh, I remember Pastor, I preached about this. i got to get up out of this hole. Keep coming together for Christ. Keep coming together as, as a family. Yes, we got to be careful. Yes, we, we wear masks and that kind of stuff, but we got to be careful. We got to, it's, man, I'm telling you, the church, now's the time we got to come together. Is somebody going to get sick one day? I pray not. But we got a fellowship. we got to be together in one mind on one accord. And it's yes. Yes, pray. And, and you, Well, Pastor Doug, you're just talking about we need to. Well, yes, absolutely, we need finances. You know, we, we end up tipping God rather than tithing God. But that's absolutely not my heart, not my point. God, check me right now in the name of Jesus. This, my point here about, about, about coming together is I feel like in the spirit that it's time for us to, to, to come together and unify. The company ain't got, ain't got nothing to do with money. we got to come together and unify in one mind and one accord and encourage one another. Depression and mental anguish and illness is, is rampant right now. And we got to come together and fight this. And fight it together. And pray and seek God's face. I'm going to have a prayer meeting here before too long and I don't know when I'm going to have it. Just so you can, we can just come together. I'm going to talk to, 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 to Jay and Sherry about it. They're our, our prayer, prayer leaders. They do a fabulous job getting the word out when anybody prays. If you, if you want to be a part of that, not, not, to, not to be in the know, but if you want to be on a prayer team and you want to pray for people, you're a prayer warrior, talk to Jay and Sherry and they'll get you in it. But we're going to have a time where we just come together in this room and we just pray. I ain't going be, we're going to have music playing and we're just going to pray. And it's probably going to be my least attended service ever, right. right? What typically happens. But I'm trusting that that, that Kingdom Kingdom Impact sees it differently. That we understand, hopefully, by the 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 last five years, we understand the importance of prayer and coming together and praying and seeking God's face, seeking God's face. And and as my grandma said, praying through and grabbing a hold of the horns of the altar. And just letting the Holy Spirit have his way. And his presence fill this temple. And we'll let you know. I'll get with them, we'll we'll let you know when that is. But we got to do better we got to not be lazy. we got to do what God's called us to do. And there's a world out there right now. Yes, there's a lot of Christians that's fallen away into the the trap of this political trap and all this kind of junk. But you know what? Way more than that, there's a whole lot of people out there that are in in this world of sin that is like, I need help. I don't know what to do. Can somebody tell me how I can live better, how I can be better? My life is just horrible. My life is in shambles. I'm just a nervous wreck. I need, need help but if you ain't talking to nobody you ain't calling nobody you ain't checking on nobody you're not going to just finding out who's where we gotta do that I did my best to try to call seven or eight people this week check on them (coughs) and I have somebody that does that I know I have Miss Johanna does a great job of (coughs) calling in my behalf and and checking on people and asking if they need anything and all this kind of stuff but a lot of times I try to do do myself when God puts them on my heart But we need you to reach out to people check on them. Are you okay? Are you struggling? Are you you hurting? Are you broken? And allow God to heal them. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now for all that you've done. God, you are an amazing God and I love you and I praise you and I worship you and I thank you for everything. God, help us not to, 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 to become worldly. Help us not to yield to the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. God, help us, God, to turn to you and walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. And when when our sin nature wars against our our spiritual nature, God, help us to to, to get back on the the horse, so say, God, and and get back in in the fight. And get back in the battle, God, and continue on. God, help kingdom impact. Thank you for five years. Thank you for five years. Thank you for five years, God. So many people don't make it to five years. Thank you. So honored, so humbled before you, Father. God, and now help us to reach more than we've ever reached. Help this year be a, a year of souls. Help this year be a year that we, that we help mend the brokenhearted, that we help, help those that, are, that are, are busted and disgusted and broken. Let us help those and heal those that, are, that, are, that are, have gone away. Help us reach the prodigals this year, Father, that have left the home, Father of Christ, and need to come back. Help us do your will, Father. You know my heart. You know our heart, God. We want to do what you want us to do. Send laborers, God. Send people that are committed, people that want to work, God, people that, are, that want to help, God, people that want to, to pray, that, are, that want to be a part, that want to do something, that want to be a part of the great kingdom of God. We thank you for that, that we can make an impact on our city. But before we make an impact on our city, God, help us come back together and unite as a core. So we can reach those. And we just thank you for that happening swiftly and quickly. In Jesus' name, we love you, we honor you, and we adore you, O King. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. Please come. Go go online. Share this. Like this. Please comment. Talk to one another online and share it and, and, and let somebody know that you that, that they who need it. Come back. And then on March the 7th, oh, next week's Valentine's.